0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process
1: in all genres. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm Al Warren. Mr. Joe Goldberg, the spy devil himself, is sitting in on this one. I'm here for you, Al. Well, it's been a, it's great. You got your new book coming out, and it's pretty exciting. So. Uh, Big build up time. For it. Yeah. yeah it's a hectic, hectic time. Get that book out,
2: uh, do it right. Yeah. Readers enjoy it. That's that's the point.
1: Yeah. You're gonna get out there and do a big pile of book signings, right? I'm doing my best. Yeah. Well for the stores that'll take you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: lot a lot of them seem to be coming and they lock the door really fast and put the shades down. Is he there? Is he there? Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. They pretend they're not home. Yep. Um Well, fantastic. Well today we've got a techno thriller writer. So it's kind of on your alley, in a sense, like thriller, excitement. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to this. So um, let's see. We've got Mr. Charles V. Breakfield, and we're going to talk about his Enigma series. So welcome to the show, Charles.
0: Alan, appreciate you having me in, and uh, how good to be in. Um, very esteemed company
1: with Mr. Goldberg too. So thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, i, 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 I got to get him so. to autograph my arm later. Okay. I'll get t- <laughs> t- to it. <laughs> so now Charles you have written a lot of books um I kind of see in reading about you I kind of see a similarity about uh you can't really stop you know you can't just kind of sit you kind of there's always something on the go and I'm kind of the same way um has this been the way for you since the beginning have you always been that way my co-author and
0: I we uh, uh we started off writing uh technical manuals for uh the uh the, corp- the company we were uh, working for and uh, we were doing a lot of professional services white papers that sort of thing and so we got into the uh, the habit of being able to uh, to write clearly and uh, uh deliver uh deliverables uh to customers that uh, said okay hey uh, it's broken i don't know where c- or can you tell me what i need to do to fix it that was okay then we got approached by a company and says hey how about doing some tech manuals for us and uh, we said sure um uh, it uh, wasn't very satisfying because as soon as they were done, they were out of date. You ever see those uh, tech manuals with like, you know, version 2, version 35? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Well, that's what happens on those. And so I got uh, I got fed up and I said, and I, you know, gathered up all my marbles and stomped off and said, I'm not doing this any longer. Um, she's a, a little more persistent than I am, I guess. Uh, she came back at me in about, you know, six, eight weeks and said, let's do fictional thrillers with the technology in the background mode. I went, all right, I'm listening, go ahead. He said, uh, I wasn't quite convinced until she got to the part. And the good part is we could whack people, kill them, and not go to jail. And I went, oh, wow, this is got okay. fantastic possibilities." So, you know, um, where do I sign? So um, that's where, where we got started. We started off with uh, you know, the first one, which was um, – identity theft that was a good place to start um, having your identity wiped off and uh, you not know who they where you go to be able to find it again is kind of a you know a real terrifying experience um, but what we noticed was that there was always new technical hurdles challenges um, threats if you will um, being cooked up by the uh, uh, the bad actors from the dark side so' like like the just conveyor belt of information and uh, technical threats like Hey, this is kind of cool. We've got, you know, an endless supply of, of uh, neat stuff coming at us uh, to be able to, uh, uh, distill, um and then, you know, pack in and around our, uh, uh, our characters and gives us a chance to keep it fresh, uh, you know, in, uh, and, and vital when we're writing. So we're not just using the same formula because that's, that's not fair to the, to the readers in my estimation. So we, uh, we spent a lot of time I spent a lot of time researching the landscape. Okay, what's new? What's coming at us again uh, from this direction? What have the the bad guys thought of that uh, we hadn't expected? And we turn those into um, one thriller after another.
1: Do you sort of consider yourself science fiction in a sense? No, no, because this is
0: all technology that's available today when like, that's that some people are surprised by that statement they go, Oh, come on, really, some of the stuff no kidding uh who do you think you're kid you're trying to do to fool here go, oh no right here you know, you, know. and so it's actually technical fact, but it's distorted in in a way to be able to uh, that only a you know an evil genius okay psychotic evil genius might be able to uh, you know to twist and uh, manipulate to their personal advantage, and so that's where the uh the fiction, this fictional part comes in, but it's, um, you know, we're not doing time travel. I'm not going to a different planet. This is all stuff that's going on in our backyard
1: today. Right. So you, it's kind of a crime mystery detective sort of. Uh, how do you classify it?
0: Well, a techno thriller is, in such that, you know, usually there's, well, well we we, we lead, in, lead into something that's sort of unknown, but it's uh, it's got these uh, horrific consequences to ever it's being directed at. And so our our champions, the R group, uh, the their third generation of uh, cybersecurity techno uh, characters that have uh, uh, have evolved from uh, their uh, from their ancestors uh, from the uh, from the uh, from World War II all the way down to present day, and they have built an information dynasty that basically, you know, when you're in trouble and nobody can help you. These are the people you go to say, get my identity back. Help me uh, take this uh, this, this uh, cyber thug off my neck. Help me unwind the uh, the problems that uh, this uh, lunatic is generating for trying to re-engineer human beings to live forever.
2: I have a, a couple of questions and they sort of run together. Yeah, you got a lot of characters in your book, and is. Is technology, do you treat it as its own character? Does that have like a personality, a beginning, middle, end that, that a human character may have? Well, I mean, we have the human characters, and
0: a lot of our people, you know, I mean, attributes that we've uh, we've seen and people over, over time, people we've known, uh, people we dislike. Okay, those are the ones that get whacked. But um, we actually, to your point, which was, you know, very insightful, um, we do have a supercomputer that starts with the, the first book, and we actually, and this is kind of the juxtaposition that uh, we, we show him, his name is Ichabod, he is a, a, a learning uh, artificial intelligent computer that has got the guardrails built around his, uh, his logic uh, sector to be able to say, okay, this is out of bounds, uh, this is okay, this is where you can help, this is, uh, and And he evolves throughout the uh, twelve books we've got uh, on the uh, uh, on the shelves right now. Um, There's one one book where he's like trying to understand humor. Uh, There's another one where he's uh, you know he slips into uh, uh, you know an indignant uh, configuration uh, discussion with the uh, his uh, creator and uh, and you know the the uh, the 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 banter back and forth between the human and an artificially enhanced. Supercomputer um, makes very interesting character analysis and kind of gives a a foretaste for what could happen in the the near next uh, 10, next five to 10 years. uh, So that um, we're really exploring. This is what could be. This is what uh, this is an evolution for, you know, I mean, silicon, uh, you know, you know, computer traces on a, on a, on a, on a board. Um, there are things that this thing can achieve. Um, is it completely out of bounds? No. Is it completely under control? That's a better question. And we actually exercised that one in book number 11, who won the AI wars
2: in uh, the Enigma beyond. Well, then that leads me, that's actually really insightful. Thank you. And you're writing it. You're writing a series, and technology is your genre core theme. When you're and you have characters that come and go as you cross this the series, are you starting with the technology and what it, the issue, or are you starting with the human characters or you know the supercomputer, and putting them in the world of the technology or is the technology coming down on top of the. Characters inside your book. Again, it may, it making sense? Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, there's no, I, I,
0: there's not an easy formula for what you're asking, Joe, because it's not. I know, I know. You know I, it, it, stuff, it, that's us right on the radio, Charles. Sure well, if, okay, yeah, you yeah, know, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and to uh, to your point, you know, I'll give you my best answer. My my best is none too good. So, um, but you know, the uh, sometimes it's the uh, the characters they get caught up in. Uh, as a, uh, a side uh, sideshow in a, uh, a, a technology issue or the technology issue will spiral out of control and then it starts vacuuming up characters and put them into a, uh, these awkward positions and that's where the, you know the uh, the thriller the uh, the the excitement for the uh, for the story comes from is uh, how do we get here how do we get out alive and uh, how do we fix this you know so each one's a little bit different uh, some of them are you know, remarkably different uh, because it's, uh, we're trying to get something that's you know, fresh and uh, uh, not, the, not the same old uh, formula that uh, uh, it's easy to slip into, and uh, we, we, fight, we, we try to resist that all the time.
1: Good answer. Thank you. You put a lot of thought into what you're trying to get across. I'm thinking that uh, you do have a subtext in this. this, besides the entertainment value, the excitement, the thrill, and the suspense throughout the story. There is an underlying subtext. I'm guessing this by, by the subject you're talking about.
0: That's, uh, again, Alan, that's a very insightful uh, question. Yes, it's uh, things to be, to consider, um, things that, uh, like, sometimes that, uh, we, what we see are people and uh, situations where, well, let the computer sort this out. Well, you know, I mean, the old joke that uh, we used to say in the uh, in the tech world is, like, computers give you very fast, very accurate mistakes. And they just they work off of the stuff that you fed into them, and sometimes um, they'll take up material that you had no idea was on the table for cons- for consumption so that uh, that kind of gets us to that um, that discussion of where are the guardrails for the technology that's being rolled out today i'm I'm not advocating you know uh, a uh, you know a uh, uh, return to uh, the abacus and the, uh, the uh, you know, a, uh, a magnetic compass. But um, there are places where, and um, I've already seen it. Uh, if you, uh, uh, here's a, here's an easy example. Um, uh, people advertising for jobs that they need filled, and resumes come in. They're not. There's uh, there are programs now that don't even pay have a human being look at the resumes until they're fed into uh, this artificial intelligence program that goes through, looks for keywords, scans everything, categorizes it, um, and basically spits out, here's what you need to look at. Wow. You you know, the job seekers, if they could understand that this is what's happening to their resume um, and that they're being graded by a software program before a human being even looks at it, where's the humanity and the, uh, the the personal touch for building a winning team if all you're going to do is run it through um, an algorithm that says, give me the best uh, person for the least amount
2: of money. And that's interesting too, because, you know, we all know that we're, we're living in that world and we just kind of say, hope somebody's dealing with it. But at, for your readers, how do you, what's your concern or what's your process to make sure that they're able to understand some of these topics, which are, uh, unnerving or highly technical, uh, ever present in their lives. What's your? Do you have a filter that you kind of make sure that it's it's readable to these people, your readers? Well, I mean, uh, and part of that is running it through a humor humor filter.
0: you know, just a, you know we get into this. So, uh, and that you're right, uh, Joe, it It's easy. For me to slip into an acronym hell and uh, basically jargon, jargon, yeah, jargon, jargon, and it's like uh, so. uh, Part of what we do is we take some of the jargon and we turn it into uh, uh, humorous uh, uh, events. Uh, We make up acronyms just basically to prove the fact that uh, here I can poke fun at uh, at my world because uh, the high tech world. If you've ever been to uh, uh, some of these conferences, and I get I get to go to some of the 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 neatest stuff in the world. uh, if you had, to, if you stepped into it from a completely foreign, alien um, environment, it would sound like gibberish because everything is turned into acronyms and uh, fast flowing and every, it's assumed everybody knows that. So we take a different approach. Uh, we take and actually take some of that stuff apart and um, show, you know, it, here, here, here's, it's digestible. In these kind of sound bites, and then let's put a little bit of humor on it. Now, I told you about Ichabod. Um, uh, uh, that's actually an acronym too, and it stands for Immersive Collaborative Associative Binary Override of Deterministic Systems. There's no such thing as that. That's a, that we made that up. So to be, make sure that the of uh, the reader is is pulled in. Like you know, you know, we're not all serious. There's some uh, lighthearted hearted um, Yes, there's some romance in there. Yes, there's there's humanistic feelings, and and there's the uh, you know one of the best reviews we got on one of our our book number ten, which is about cryptocurrency. Um, the reviewer actually complained. He said, "I didn't like that character. I really didn't like that character, but I, I I couldn't help but feel sorry for him. I didn't want to, but I did. Um, if I can, if I can get that kind of emotion, that means that we've delivered." A story. We've delivered something more than just here. Let's put some, uh, you know, technology together and uh, run. You know, strap in some, uh, some characters and make a run for it. I think we we're actually delivering some emotional uh, examination for some of the characters that uh, that we've uh, we've built.
1: So now, your characters are very important, obviously, to you. Um, Let's talk about, uh, first of all, h- how do you experience your characters? And I ask that not because I'm a weirdo. Well, I am, but yeah. I think that the question is, is a lot of fiction writers will talk about, um, experiencing their characters. They'll see them like a movie in their head or they hear voices or they sometimes talk to them. You know, there's, there's all, I, I get all of that. And of course I'm strictly a nonfiction writer. So it's completely an opposite thing. Um, so what is your, um, personal experience with your characters
0: um, i don 't know about uh, about uh, you guys, but um, we will have a character that we 'll start off with um, and we start putting in those uh, those thoughts those feelings we put them the, under a microscope in some of the uh, the scenes um, and then something happens that i don 't quite i 'm not sure i 'm going to be able to explain it to you, Alan. But the character actually talks to me and says, this is where I need to go. This is what I believe um, this character uh, is, is going to need this. He's going to need some empathy. He's going to need some uh, uh, some challenges. Uh, he needs a healthy dose of uh, being a hero, uh, reluctant or otherwise makes no difference. So sometimes it's the character telling me, this is what I'm doing.
2: Right. I had I had that sense when I when I get stuck, I, I look at it and say, "Hey, character, tell me what you're going to do next." You know, What? All right. Here you are. Go.
1: And they talk. Then they say. Then they do it.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they're listening.
1: Wow. You know. Um. So so Charles, do do do, do they talk to you while you drive? And. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be honest. What happens is usually I get, um,
0: I'll I'll dream about them and wake up you know, fresh in the morning. I'm like, whoa. Uh, I can't wait to get this down on on the uh, on the keyboard. So you know, give me a pot of coffee and uh, you know, take care of the, the hound dogs and and then uh, crank on for two hours.
1: Yeah, then, but are you are you waking up with a shovel in your hand? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> uh,
0: you know, I haven't been burying any bodies, if that's what you mean. No. I, you know.
2: <laughs> so how, so you wake up in the morning and you've got you've had this dream. How do you deal that with a a co-author? Because I. I thought about that. Had some approaches. So, what's your (laughs) process? I'm 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 assuming Rox is in right next to you, saying, "Hey, I had this idea." Well,
0: well, what we do is we do we 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 use the technology. You know, we we sketch out uh, like ten
2: or twenty chapters
0: for uh, for a new uh, property, and and then um, we'll take. I want to take these chapters. Okay, she wants to take those chapters, and then we use our uh, patent pending. a literary technique, uh, a writing technique uh, called uh, Literary Badminton. Um, I'll write a, a chapter and, you know, hack on it, toss it over to her, and either one or two things will happen. It's like, okay, let me see what I can do with this. I, I've got, I see where you're going. Okay, this is good. The other response is, uh, Charles, you missed taking your meds again, didn't you? Okay. Um, so, uh, yes, there's a uh, uh, – but that – that examination and the, it's a it's a polishing effort uh, that uh, that we go through uh, not just for the characters not just for the uh, but also for the story uh, and for the overall series because um, when we get finished it has to read like there was only one person writing it uh, even our editor will come in one, every once in a while my wife and say um, who wrote this and I look at her and say, yeah. So it's, it's not. We don't. I don't want anybody to be able to say, "Okay, this is Charles' chapter. This is hers." No, no. Uh, with the polishing effort of batting it back and forth, uh, we come up with a, uh, a very innovative uh, storyline that's uh, intriguing enough to have people
1: just keep turning, keep turning the pages. Do you, do you have difficulty writing? Um a real evil or a person that's real sinister in your, in your books? Is it, is it um, more difficult to do that? Well, um, I was on,
0: uh, Rox and I were on a uh, a channel eight call here in Dallas uh, uh, where they, uh, they were doing this interview and and they asked me that same question. I said, well, we, uh, we look for, you know, interesting characters. Sometimes we will actually send out a note to our, uh, our, a readership and say uh, we're looking for a, a new uh, femme fatale, evil femme fatale, or a new evil genius, or a new reluctant hero. Any he takers? And then we'll actually say, give me some material about you. Um, but that uh, that that interview, uh, interviewer that, that we we were on Channel 8 with, uh, uh, I got her blushing about the color of the, her pink uh, pink outfit that she was on. Because like, I said, um, but we're well, actually, now that you mention it, uh, we're we are looking for a new evil femme fatale. Do you have a resume, ma'am? And, <laughs> and you could hear the technicians in the background laughing. And then um, she's like, uh, uh, I, I, I caught her off guard. And I said, I, and I followed on with, I will need rest, uh, uh, some references too to go along with it. So uh, uh, by that time you could, you could hear them really cackling in the background and, and uh, um I guess we get we, – she had she made emotions like,
1: hey, hey go to go to commercial because I'm um, – yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Cut. Cut. <laughs> now, you also use some of your um, people that you've come across as your – and you turn them into characters or you base them on that. How, how is that? Like, do you, do you take people you don't like and put them in the bad positions where they get killed or something? I try not to do that. To, well – Yep, uh, okay, I just shouldn't be fibbing
0: on open mic here, yep. We actually had one that, uh, 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 it was very gratifying to have him, uh, assassinated. Uh, but, uh, uh but in, uh, in book number two, uh, we actually pulled out some people that I had met, um, that were, um, most unsavory characters, and I did realize at the time, um uh, Partly because, you know, my brothers uh, recommended that they talk to me. Uh, One guy shows up. I'm I'm trying to make a living at uh, real estate. Uh, Go figure, right? Um, Anyway, uh, this guy comes in, and he sucks all of the air out of the room. He's like 6'4". He must have been about 220, and carrying a briefcase and said, "Um, your brother said that I should talk to you about buying real estate, and I'm here to buy real estate. But one thing, and he opens up his briefcase, and points his 357 Magnum at me. He says, "If you screw with me, I'll blow you away." And I said, and I thought about it at that point. I said, "You know, that sounds fair. Okay, all right, yeah, we'll do it that way." Uh, it wasn't. But two or three months later, I changed jobs. I said, "Okay, I'm starving. Okay, I, I got to get a real job." I'm sorry, there it is. I, I admit it. I'm looking good at real estate. Uh, the FBI shows up at my new job. They were looking to talk to me about this character that uh, I'll only refer to as J. C. because he's he's probably out of prison by now. Anyway, um, they said, um, "We uh, what, what what kind of money did you uh, did you get from this guy?" And I said, "Nothing. That's why I'm over here in this job." Okay, <laughs> and they said, uh, "I said why? What's the deal?" He said, "Well, we." S- we we can't really prove it, but we're pretty sure that he murdered his first wife for the insurance for, her. and uh, he used that money to start his drug running business. And I went, I had to pick my jaw up off the ground. I was stunned. These two feds, you know, telling me all this. And I, I said, uh, uh, and of course, like I, I you know, my, my voice goes up a couple of octaves, and I sound like Mickey Mouse. And I, and I said, so do I have to worry about this guy coming after me? Uh, I said, no, nah, he's got more problems than than somebody like you, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. I didn't sleep very well for a month after that. You know, I kept thinking, every time you heard a noise, he's back. He's here to get me for something. So he's in that book. Um, I, I also got to work with the bank rubber. That was kind of fun. Uh, he's also in the book, too. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you, uh, uh, if you get uh, uh, time to be able to read book number two, The, uh, the Enigma Rising, um, there are several people in that book that, uh, that were um, – they made great characters because they were true. Really do you nice ever worry characters. about
1: them coming after you?
0: <laughs> well, you know, that's the funny thing about us Texans. You know, we, we're, we're usually pretty heavily armed. And so, uh, you know, I'm not going down without a fight, I'll tell you that.
1: Now, each one of these books in the series does stand alone. Like, you, you don't have to do them all in order, right? And do that's that, the, uh, that was the ambition. I don't think we've
0: always considered it unfair to say, oh, you have to start from the beginning. Now, let's be honest here. They are richer if, if if you start at the beginning and right before, but they're all written so they can be enjoyed standalone. If I only get you for one book, I want it to be a great experience. So that was always been our commitment to the readers that, uh, that, that take a look at our books and say, hmm, this looks kind of interesting. And if they look at the back cover and say, Yes, this is this looks tasty. Uh but uh, yeah, let's go with this one. A lot of times with book fairs what we'll do is we'll uh we'll start off with just exactly that question. What do you like to read? What kind of uh um you know, techno thriller and we get, we get along those lines and they say, which one should I start with? I said, and we talk a little bit, you know, uh, we had one gal that, uh, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, this sounds fascinating. You know, how to live forever, you know, she just, she just come off of cancer therapy and, and uh, we were talking about some of the, uh, uh the engineering, uh, techniques that were, uh, you know, we're uh, we're postulated in that uh, the book always, and uh, she's like, oh, I, I've got to have this. I, I just you know, um, I don't think I'll ever get to the other ones, but I'll, this is what what I want. So, you know, we we try to exactly for that reason. You know, so they're written standalone, so somebody can enjoy it out of sequence.
2: Hey, Charles the. Uh... Has any of the research you've done on technology sort of surprised you? and you said, oh, I didn't know that was possible, and you put it in the book. And then, you, and then you sort of go futurist and say, oh, I better think about what's going to happen next and put in my book to be ahead of the technology uh, curve. Is that how your brain works, or am I off on that?
0: Oh, no. Uh, Joe, that, that, that's a good question. And uh, with book number 10, which is about cryptocurrency, we postulated that Venezuela would have to, uh, because of that wave they've uh, destroyed their economy, uh, would have to go to a, a cryptocurrency uh, offering. Uh, basically to stay alive. And before I got the book out in March of that year, they announced we're going with, uh, here's our cryptocurrency offering. Um, it's like, you know, four or five years ago, whenever that happens, I can't remember exactly what year that that was announced, but uh, it's with our book number 10. And so um, it was kind of gratifying to be able to uh, have uh, predicted that before it uh, it actually came true. So um
2: it, that's also the spooky part, Joe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Watch out for Charles there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find out what's going to happen. Read the next book. You know.
2: Well, what's next, Charles? What, what's the technology that we are not paying attention to that's going to show up and uh, become a character in the book? If you can.
0: Oh well, then that's uh, you know if you look at the um, you know book number eleven, the Enigma yeah. Beyond, and who won the AI wars, and the companion. Uh, uh, which is, uh, uh, the Enigma Threat, which is a uh, sort of a, the next phase of that, uh, the AI wars. Uh, they both stand alone, but, uh, they, they, they kind of complement each other, uh, because of the way that they're, they're built. So that's all about, uh, artificial intelligence and where the guardrails, uh, uh, are lost, uh, in the translation and the, uh, well, I'll, uh, I'll let you, uh, yeah. Uh, read read the uh, the primers on it and a few first few pages of it. Um, we uh, and and I'll I will give you a teaser in the beginning of the book of number uh, number eleven. We actually have the uh, uh, several uh, tech titans being interviewed. Okay, well grilled more more correct uh, by the uh, uh, a, a U.S. Senate congressional hearing. Uh, questioning their uh, their their loyalties to the American uh, to the uh, to the world population and uh, um, and they're obviously unrepented because they put foam in their ears so they can't hear hear the screeching uh, you know, barking of the uh, of, of the Madam Chairwoman. So um, it, that sets the stage for technology out of control. We have a bleak future, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I mean the the future is always uh, a yeah, you know, that, that in book number five we talk about you know predicting the future with uh, big data lakes and uh, you know massive uh, parallel processing. Um, there's always uh, some variable that uh, nobody accounts for, and in, uh, in the future, so uh, predicting it uh, is a, a little bit uh, awkward. Most of it just guessing, like well, this should happen maybe, sort of, kind of. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that uh, you know uh, we need one or two more things to be omitted or overlooked, and that that future is quite possible. So we try to uh, capture those little nuances and subtleties They say, you know, are, are you looking at all the pieces, guys? You know, when this happens, did you say, oh, well, that's okay. Uh, you know, it's a computer. that The computer should be uh, giving us good answers. Um uh, letting the computer make decisions for you. It's okay if I'm looking at firewall rules and the logs, you know, we're like, okay, did I have an intrusion in my, in my network environment? You know, yeah, I could see AI, you know, taking care of that, but only that. Um, them making the decision to say, um, we have this scenario, send off the drones, you know, and pound this out of this location. Um, whose responsibility is that to be able to control the artificial intelligence decision-making, and how is that maintained by the humans? That's a, that's a very interesting topic, and it's, uh, it's such a gray area that uh, even the military is having trouble trying to uh, figure out, okay, yeah, where do we draw that line? Well, it should be right here, but what if it goes over that line? And those are the areas that uh, I don't get into a whole lot of the, the military um Stuff. Although I, you know, I dearly love listening and watching all the neat stuff that they're uh, programming, but it's a, it's, it's a very frightening area for the, uh, the use of artificial intelligence to make uh, snap decisions based on maybe questionable input.
1: So what do you hope um, someone gets out of your book? If someone reads one of your books, they pick up number 11 there and they're reading it. What, what do you hope at the end of the book they, they take away?
0: Entertainment. And enlightenment. Oh, this this looks like it uh, an orbiting space station that's been compromised, and the supercomputer on board is now under control by the bad guys. How is that possible? Uh, well, gee, uh, how is it possible on this planet? It happens all the time. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm locking you off,
1: off Charles. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I, I can see this being my last time on the show. Okay. <laughs> well, beginning of the end here. No, uh, yeah. that's it's, it's totally interesting. You know, I love it. Who? Um, what do you consider a good book? Like when you sit down and read to read a book, and um, what is it that uh, you think are the best aspects? Like what what's important to you? Um. When if I read, I read for uh, historical uh, reference.
0: I, I like uh, my my passion is uh, World War Two, and the uh, the insanity. You know, how does this happen? Okay, this this domino hit this uh, this uh, linchpin went. You know, this event occurred and nobody stopped it. Uh, and that's where the book series actually gets its uh, origins. Um, in 1939, the, uh, we postulated that the uh, well. We didn't postulate. Uh, in 1939, the Germans invaded Poland and uh, basically started World War II. They overran it in 30 days. Um, we postulated that there were three um, patriots that uh, signed up for and pulled off the heist of the Enigma machine the Germans used to encrypt all their battle plans, communications, blah, blah, blah. Um and their and their ambition is to get it out of Poland and into the hands of the uh, the Allies, and that's the, uh, the the novella we wrote called "Out of Poland." So all the technical facts, that uh, historical facts that uh, that we have in that, that they're all it's the research that I, I I love doing. It's the you know how did how did the world go insane? Um, because that's a lot of what. Is happening today. And so the DR uh, the group begins their beginning from those three gentlemen that said, I'm going to take on evil. I'm, we're going to fight it. We're going to we're going to take the high moral ground and we'll teach our uh, children and their children to fight for the what's right. So the series is also about um, injustice, how to fight it, how to be able to challenge it, because um, sometimes that's all you have is looking back at the history the events that uh, that did occur, where the mistakes were, because you know, you know the old adage: if you if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. So that's where some of the uh, uh, the directional statements that uh, we like to uh, have a subtext for the uh, for the novels.
1: Yeah. How long how long does it take you to research one of these novels? Um, well, uh, I'm still working in the, in the,
0: uh, in the tech world as a solution architect, so I get to see all kinds of weird junk, uh, you know, popping up all the time. Um, here's new threats, you know, I stay on mailing lists to see, okay, uh, OMG, this is what's, what they're doing now? Oh, God. Uh, so I get to see the technical aspects. I get to see the, uh, the political effects. Um, those are all almost real time, Alan. Um, yeah. And then the historical stuff, I mean, I, I've been reading World War II uh, materials. My favorite the theater is the Eastern Front, which is really insane. But also the, uh, you know, here's what uh, was going on in the the, uh, the main European theater and the, uh, the Pacific theater. Uh, all lessons, all concepts, I guess, you know, that's, uh, that it, they're always percolating somewhere, somehow, in uh and maybe a, a scene, a chapter, uh, maybe half the book. Um, uh, and, of course, some of the research that uh, that we've pulled in because, you know, we, we've traveled uh, uh, around the world to be able to see different places. Um, you know, I've taught uh, uh, technology to uh, the people down in Brazil, uh, uh, worked with the developers in, uh, in Galway, Ireland, um, you know, and Rox has uh, traveled to uh, uh, to Japan to be able to, to uh, deliver uh, tech, technology uh, training to those people uh, in that location as well. So um, a lot of that is also research that gets baked into the books because that gives it that um, global feel rather than just a U.S.-centric feel.
2: As you're doing your research, do you ever sort of self censor yourself and say, you know what, we probably shouldn't cover that topic yet, or that might not be something that's… Um, good. Good for a book type of thing.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it's a uh, you know, scary, something like that. Um, what is too scary? I, I guess it's probably uh, uh, the question I, w- I would pitch back at you, Joe. Uh, is, it, is it too scary to say, oh, I'm going to stick my head in the sand and uh, hope it goes by? Or is it? For some. Uh, uh, or is it, um, you know, no, I want to take this head on? Um, my family is at stake. The people that I associate and uh, work with are at stake. How can I just turn a blind eye to, blind eye to it? Um, I can I, I can give you the uh, the information. You may not like it. You may resent me for it, um, but at the same time, I'm compelled to be able to say, um, "Don't think everything's wonderful because uh, uh, we're at the edge."
1: Well, there you go. Where are your influence is coming from?
0: Well, I mean, you know, the high-tech world is it's always building something new. Um, I've uh, I've been certified in, as, engi- as an engineer on tech, uh, several technologies that nobody's ever heard of since. Um, you're always looking at uh, the next thing that's coming down the pipe, and sometimes it's, uh, what's the old phrase, everything old is new again. So uh, everything going into the cloud, you know, this a lot of the same things that we did in the 80s and 90s um, that are just uh, they're just it's rebranded. Um, sometimes I, we get I get to laugh at that because the uh, the young pups don't don't quite understand all that. Um, but there's in the tech world everything turns over in like 18 months. It's all changing. Um, every two years I I change jobs, basically get the, that ne- the next stair step where hey i uh, i want to see what uh, how what the new stuff is is going on um and how to consume it. how is it being consumed and those are the uh, the teaching events that uh give us that th- those insights into what could be the next
1: horizon yeah uh, well you know um what's your structure um like when you sit down and write and this is interesting now because are you the type of writer that has to be in the right mood or can you just time yourself and say, okay, well, I've got the house clear today from, you know, 10 to two. And so I'm just going to sit down and write and you can just turn it on. Or does there have to be this, um, certain mood that comes across? Sometimes it's just a button
0: goes off or a switch that, that uh, it's flipped. just like, stop what you're doing. Um, I'm on a boring conference call and they're talking about, um, you know, processes and things that we've talked about three or four times and like, oh, that's uninteresting. I'll just take the headphones off and, um, plug into my world and launch. Yes, it, it, it's better to have a, a, you know, okay, every time, every day at this time, um, that's one discipline. Um, I wish I, I could say I comfortably have it every day. I don't. Sometimes it's like, um, everything's on fire. Um, and we're traveling at Mach 1. And, uh, you know, and, then nothing happened, and nothing settles down until like 1 or 2 p.m. And then it's like, I have this idea. By the way, that's that the four most terrifying words in, our, in either of our vocabularies. If either one of us says that uh, Charles rocks, I have an idea. It's usually like, put on your seatbelt, it's going to be a
2: bumpy ride. Charles, following up on that. I know you do research for your book and you like World War II history, so do I. In fact, I just finished a book about two hours ago on World War II. Are there, do you read outside entertainment in your genre, or do you only read for book research? Is there, you know, who inspires you as a writer to become a writer and to be a writer? Um, uh, to be honest, uh, one of the best writers, one of
0: the most inspir- uh, writers that I really admire, Kevin J. Anderson, uh, and his work with uh, uh, Brian Herbert on the Dune series. What a remarkable uh, uh, series, uh, because it uh, it spans the uh, multiple planets and uh, you know centuries and uh, you know next generations and uh, the uh, the segmentation of the uh, of the different uh, houses within the uh, the Imperium. So um, I like the way that those were constructed. I like the Polish and the storytelling attributes is like okay, uh, when I get a chance and at night, power down and look at what the uh, the next chapter is going to be for that. And um, uh, the writing style um, is immersive; you get into it, you feel the characters, and sometimes that'll uh, that'll get me uh, get me thinking about okay, what can we do in in uh, in our particular world. but as far as reading uh you know, the the people in my particular field, um, I let me be honest, I, I have a little bit of trepidation about doing that because it uh it's too easy to oh that's a what a great idea. Let me snitch it. No, I I, um, I, I want our stuff to be our stuff and uh you know, we we can get uh, input from uh you know, history, uh, you know, very, very small smatterings of, uh, uh, you know, powerful authors like Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert. Uh, but um, I'm always concerned about uh, the subliminal um, confiscation of somebody else's idea, and I don't want to be guilty of that. So sometimes it's like, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get off into, into their their world because I don't want to have it show up in mine. Does that does it make sense, Joe?
2: I, I, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking you like, might go back to since you know, since you're doing that, you go you could go back to Arthur C. Clarke and Isaac Asimov in that crowd too, were you taking societal issues and making science fiction out of them.
0: Yeah, well, and there's a I I, I never really read all of their their stuff, I you know bits and pieces, um, I, but uh, so most of it is, is stuff that uh, we've uh, we've built on our own, and I I like to feel. Proud that there was, you know, there was nothing that, uh, you know, I lifted or a, a literary technique or, uh, uh, you know, a, a character or, or a, a sentence from somebody else's stuff uh, because, it, you know, I wanted to have to be saying, this is mine. We built this. And uh, I can honestly say we didn't. Uh, there's no plagiarism in, in that thought process. Now, plagiarism comes in a variety of different ways. Um, you know, it could be an idea or it could be, uh, you know. Um, now I do do take some uh, some a couple lines from uh, from movies every once in a while, you know. And but we build a parallel uh, thought, or build something that morphs into something that only we would say. Um, so uh, I'm very fussy about making sure that our stuff is uh, doesn't look like somebody else's.
1: Have you ever gone back to one of your first books and reread it and? Thought about you'd like to rewrite some of it or something like that or change something? It's,
0: it's curious you'd say that, Alan, because we actually we've been doing that. Um, oh. Our first book was, was uh, published in 2012, The Enigma Factor, um, and by the time we got to book ten, uh, Rock said, um, uh, "Dude, um, I want to go back and revisit the uh, the earlier editions. Look how much we've learned." And it, I, I thought, "What? Really?" And to her point, we went back and looked at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's some, there's some things here that it's, uh, this could be better. So uh, we've been going back through based on, you know, new writing uh, skills we've we developed and, uh, you know, things with, uh, that uh, some of the writers' conferences, they say, you know, do it this way, not that way kind of thing. Um, and we've, uh, you know, re-released, uh, uh, you know, the first seven. At this point, in second editions, uh, new covers, uh, refresh on the uh, uh, some of the words, uh, uh, the phrases, character polishing, uh, just to give it that uh, you know, that freshness and uh, make it a, a better experience. So, yeah, uh, absolutely, we've done that, and uh, uh, it's sometimes they it, we we had one book we're like. Ugh golly, I'm so embarrassed, I wish we had <laughs> spent more time on this one, you know. So so. Uh, so it's, a, it's a good exercise, uh, and it, it gives us uh, the opportunity to be able to turn out a better property.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that it's kind of something I think all writers face, because as you progress, you and then you go back and you read something that you did 10 years ago, and you're like, oh, God, wow, Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm doing that now.
1: Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Keep you rewriting <laughs> the same book and relaunching it. You know, that's. A... I haven't did, read it in a long time. <laughs> did, did, hey, did the um, did, does the world sort of because you're you're so dealing with technology and things that are going on? Do you do you ever kind of um, do you ever want to do something different? How's that? Do you ever want to stop writing this and kind of go into a different direction?
0: Well. It... <clears throat> Gee, I, I'm glad you got the uh, the notes I sent you, Alan, because this is, you know leads us right into the a uh, uh, piece of the uh, of us that uh, we that surprised us. Um, yes, we're actually working on. Uh, we just released a, a new book called uh, The Flower Enigma, and it's a cozy mystery. Uh, and it's got a little bit of technology in it, but it's uh, it's got a uh, it's part of a. Uh, you you may find this interesting. Um, we got tangled up with uh, about ten other authors uh, in a uh, in a project where um, the lead renegade uh, that I call him uh, Caleb uh, said here hey, and he basically threw out this picture of a boat you know little single mast sailing you know that's kind of beached up uh, on the uh, on the shoreline and he goes everybody write me a short story about what you what you would think uh, the that would use this uh, this boat in your story, and so we did, and we had so much fun doing it. And basically, we put it out as the Underground Authors. Um, some of you know we we stayed within our own genres, and it was a, a delightful collection of short stories. Um, as soon as they got published, one of them said, "Hey, why don't we do the same thing, uh, but we all all do um, a novel in our own genre about a." A place here in, uh, uh, yeah, he he picked Texas because he's from Texas, and uh, um, I said okay. Uh, well, what do you got in mind? He goes, well, let's build this uh, this um, mythical city in the Texas Hill Country called Magnolia Bluff, and everybody uh, will have shared characters. We'll have uh, a, a basically a shared map of what the you know outside the reservoir, uh, where this uh, this place is, and everybody kind of takes some of the uh, the characters that you, that you want and use them in the way that you see fit uh, for your particular novel, and we'll publish them in sequence up through the end of this year. So uh, we got we drew number five, uh, and we just got it uh, rolled out. I guess like two or three weeks ago. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's, uh, our attempt to be able to look at, uh, delivering a story that was, you know, less technical, but, uh, but more of the, uh, mystery thriller style. Um, and so, uh, you know, putting in the, some of the, uh, the, the, the technical threat. I mean, the, you know, this, these podcasters, uh, I think you, you probably like that, uh, that, that particular, uh, uh, avenue on, on it these podcasters are you know trying to drum a business for each one of their businesses and they uh they move from uh, business to business um except that they're being knocked offline they're being attacked digitally uh and they're they think that there's something going on nefarious in the town and they're trying to get to the bottom of it but their podcasts keep getting derailed and our two characters who who show up to be able to uh um, have a getaway rekindle their, their relationship and uh you know basically uh you know get away from their high stress jobs one of them is uh, jj and he's a he's a cyber guru guy like i don't want to look at a computer and that's all he ends up doing throughout the whole book so um, and they uncover some, uh, some really nefarious stuff and it's a fun exercise um, uh we get to uh Play with uh, some of the characters that other people have, have uh, developed. We get to evolve. We built some characters that other people borrowed, um, and it was a. Uh, it's going to go through the uh, to the end of this year with uh, book number nine, and then we'll probably pick up a uh, another uh, s- a sequence of uh, nine nine books again next year. It's the Magnolia Bluff series, and uh, you can find all of those on on Amazon, and that's where they're they're being stored. Uh, but uh, we we kept the in uh, our 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 regular tag line just so you know um alan is that the uh, technology is today's weapon of choice and so it's always going to be baked into our books someplace maybe slightly but um it won't be uh it'll have some some position in all of our our our, our work is what i would expect
1: yeah yeah well charles just... now 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 where do people um Find you and how do you do? You interact on social media? Do you have a website? How do people get a, get uh, to? Journals? Yeah. Okay. So uh, our
0: website, we've got uh, all of our um, all of our books there. Uh, they have also got links to uh, to Amazon. It's uh, EnigmaBookSeries.com, and I'll spell it E N I G M A B O O K S E R i.e.s.com, And then that's where we've got all of our, our main novels listed. Uh, you can buy a, a hard copy from us and we'll sign them, ship them in, uh, into the U S. Uh, we've got the eBooks that are listed on Amazon. We also have audibles that uh, we got uh, uh, lined up on all of the books that uh, we're, uh, we're quite proud of because the, uh, uh, the, the, the voice actor we uh, uh, we've used uh, across almost all of them uh, is a, uh, He's turned into a just a really dynamic individual um the uh and he's, he he keeps a library of all the vo- different voices that he uses because uh, we have quite a few um but it's uh uh it's a uh, a fun exercise to be have be able to have multiple media opera, uh, uh, available so because we keep getting uh, this, uh, this conversation with people to say um gee i i you know i I don't read that much anymore I so, said well can you listen and they won't well, yeah, I got I got got a two-hour drive every morning, so or an hour drive every morning. You know, we would love to be able to to listen to the uh, to the stories, and so that's where we got uh, got the idea. What, well, anyway, let's uh,
1: let's offer the books also in audible format as well. Well, fantastic. Now, of course, we're going to have that up on our website too, so people can find it with one click. And if they can't spell, so. I appreciate you being here. Now, series we've been talking about is the Enigma series, and we've had one of the authors here today, and that's Charles Rakefield. Thank you for being here.
0: Gentlemen, appreciate the time to be able to uh, visit with you. Joe, good luck on your rework on your book.
1: Thank you very much. (laughs)
0: You've
2: been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests,